Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes have left the fortress in search of food. Juniper studied butthole's writings to create some laws. Quinny revealed more than he meant to while cheering up butthole, and butthole decided that he is a king and a god, though the two are still separate. What will happen when Quinny finally returns home? Find out next. On Dom Doms and Dragons. Juniper, Butthole, and Quinny, you have set off uh, in search of Quinny's hometown, somewhere that he has desperately been trying to to stay away from, uh, from his his perfectly normal, reasonable, non tragic childhood. Um. I am squeeing so loud on the inside right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, Tyler, what is uh, what is the name of your your hometown? Uh, it's uh, it's Cornucopia, the town of plenty. Cornucopia, the town of plenty. Love it. Um, so you're on your way to Cornucopia. Cornucopia is nowhere near um, the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, unfortunately. So this is going to be a bit of a trek. Uh, and it's also the first time um, since you've left kind of Icewind, are on your way out of the Icewind Dales, that you've um, really been exposed uh, out here in this this world of of the undead. Uh, as we've described, uh, the Lich Lords of Aka, uh, Grayson Typhus and Emily Typhus, have uh, unleashed uh, the the dead of hell upon uh, upon Faerun. That said. Um, as uh, as kind of I guess the closest parallel would be like Sauron and the Ring Race and that sort of thing. Their attention can't be everywhere uh, at once, so often they'll just leave the undead to kind of wander around mindlessly and do their thing. Um, other times they'll take full control of a legion and uh, command them to do things. A lot of their attention, as you've been told by Anon and uh, Kron, as well as some of the other people uh, from the fortress. Um, a lot of their attention is focused on uh, maintaining the occupation forces of various cities. Um, so, you know, occupying Waterdeep is not a light task. Um, so the undead there aren't necessarily like the sla- like sla- slavering, like, ah, brains, zombies. Um, they're more just like, you know, a legion of the undead that is is patrolling and kind of keeping people in line. Um, of course, this... Uh, this triumph uh, that they've had, this this overrunning of of the world, um, 
uh, isn't certainly not their end game. And knowing that the threat of the planteers is still out there, uh, the nation of Akal will not rest. And knowing, um, as all of you now do, uh, the lengths to which Grace and Typhus will go to gain more power, uh, you can't help but fear um, what the end game of all of this is. Uh, butthole for you, of course, your your quest to um, reclaim Macaw has been uh, a long-standing one. Um, you're less convinced now than you were that your mother is is redeemable, but nevertheless, uh, you are you are the chosen king of of your people, and it, you have to get them out from under the yoke of the god of war once and for all. Uh, your father may be gone, but his warlike ways. Remain. Uh, plus, you owe Reginald a vault, so you know, gotta gotta let him get his uh, get his vault on. Yeah, and I don't like my stepdad. That guy's fucking terrible. Yeah, truly, truly. Um, Juniper, um, of course, for you, the question of what the fuck happened to your body is hanging large in your mind, uh, particularly after uh, Moe's uh, Mosifus Dirt's um, sort of ominous warnings. Um, yeah, I think this is like the first time Juniper hadn't really considered it before. It felt so nice being like with another Moss that mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, it'll be fine. I don't think she'd really considered the ramifications of like the once the Great Collide is like rectified, what that means for for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, well, it's a little also, bit disconcerting. Also, to some extent, the first time that... Uh, and you know this has been true since since you all returned to Faerun, but the Great Collide has been been slowed to a glacial pace. Yeah, um, we're not under imminent threat as as much as as we were, though it does still uh, kind of slowly roll ahead. Uh, the the kind of imminent galactic collapse is is somewhat at bay, which gives you a bit of room to breathe at the very least. Yeah, um, let's so, get sir- fed. Let's get everything under control. Save and the world, then, then the universe. Destroy Grace, Grace and Typhus and yep. such. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before, of course, turning your attentions to Xanthus and his his machinations. Well, yeah, but you know, one at a time. Absolutely, and he <laughs> he is the more the very much more immediate uh, threat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, Quinny. Uh, this is a uh, going to be a long road for you, but also too short a road um, because the the road back to Cornucopia. Is uh, is nowhere near as long as you'd ultimately probably like it to be. It's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't particularly relish the destination, yeah. um, and uh, you haven't been home since you you left uh, before going to jail and uh, early on in your, your adventures before your epic jailbreak after serving your time, um, and then of course meeting up with uh, the dum dums and uh, and moving from there. So um, it's a it's a heavy. Uh, travel regardless of kind of the world but then also you have fucking zombies to deal with so there's that um so you have kind of the internal struggle of of everything that's weighing on you as well as the the external threats um i'm curious to hear um kind of as you you pack up and leave uh, the fortress um what uh what you're bringing with you um what's how you're traveling uh, all that sort of stuff so do you think you'd be traveling light would you have a a, a cart like what's what are we what are we thinking I mean, Juniper's got a big old bag of oak leaves. That's for sure. I think Butthole, I mean, if the group were to discuss it, I think Butthole would be like, here's, here's the deal. Obviously, there's a lot of zombies. So I'm thinking maybe we we don't go with a lot of stuff on the way there, and then we just buy carts on the way back. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. I'm sure there'll be plenty of carts there. And then if we're a smaller group, it should be easier to avoid zombies and those other things that'll be kind of problematic. So we need yep. probably all the gold we can get because we could put that in the bag of holding and then we can use that to buy food. Right. Yeah. I have zero gold. Reasonable. Quinny? I have almost zero gold. Okay, Goblin Jr. And Goblin Jr. says, snarf, snarf. He has one gold piece at 50 silver pieces, because I have that written down. Uh, and I'm like, okay, so we may need to loot the castle uh, and take everything that's made of gold inside the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, and we can trade all of that. So candelabras, chandeliers, uh, any doorknobs. <laughs> it's just <laughs> stripping every item of value. Uh <clears throat> the bag of holding that shit. Okay, sure. So we can say that over the the, the past couple days, um, Anne and her team have been working on that. Um, so you have a you have a pretty good uh, a good store, um, Quinny. Based on what you remember, I think uh, everyone in Cornucopia uh, knows the like you know the going price of milk. Um, obviously, it's been a long time since you've been there, but in rough terms, this should be enough to kind of get you up and going. Also, there is sort of the theory, um, particularly with uh, Juniper's help, that. Once you have the appropriate seeds and everything else to actually create gardens here, despite being kind of in an Arctic fortress, like the there are, are places you could use magic to to grow. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is both a we need to to stock up, but we also need to set up like self sustaining things and ideally like open trade uh, to and yeah. from um, Cornucopia or the surrounding uh, villages. I feel like. Um, a lot of the towns uh, kind of in your, your region, Quinny, are very similar to Cornucopia in that they're they're all they all produce. Um, you're not sure what the state of all of that will be now, but Yeah, Quinny, you're you're kind of people in your village, Hamlet, town, what 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 size are we talking? Uh, it's it's farms. It's you know, town would be all right so would any of them would any of them want to come live here where there are no zombies and they could farm using juniper's magic look when i left nobody nobody really wanted to leave nobody wanted you know to to change their day-to-day lives or anything like that that being said it wasn't the end of the fucking world so you know yeah i'm i'm assuming if there's even anyone left they would probably appreciate the security of you know castle walls and all right, so we've got gold, shit. friendship, and a castle with no zombies. These feel like strong <clears throat> offers. Um, obviously, we're using all the gold for sales, so I'll get, like, a simpler crown for the road. Is there anything anyone else would want to bring? Obviously, Goblin Jr.'s coming. He's got his armor. I'm going to wear all my cool stuff. Uh, I think Quinny bring is bringing just kind of, like, his usual adventuring gear. He's wearing his Ushanka. He likes that the ear flaps for his hat. Mm-hmm, uh because mm-hmm. it's still cold out um and uh probably just like like a like an extra change of like his like warmer weather clothes depending on how far south we're we're going yeah yeah Ju- juniper is kind of in the same situation it's like cold stuff to get out of you know ice wind dales and packing light to make time yeah yep Butthole, I think, would be doing the same thing. He's got his Game of Thrones cloak over his gold armor. He would go to Leanne and coordinate a copper band, probably about a thumb and a half width, that he could just wear as an ultra basic crown kind of thing. Like a Viking crown where it's just like the band. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah. He may upgrade it in future with stuff found on adventures, but that's enough for this purpose. Uh, and he would, before they leave, put Reginald and Bucky in charge of defending the castle. Because between the two so of Reginald. them, there's, there's, well, magic and enthusiasm. Easy to please Bucky and Reginald. Yeah, but Bucky has like all the power and Reginald has <clears throat> all the craftiness. So between the two of them, they can make the calls they need to in this area with like Annan as the third vote tiebreaker. There we go. Okay. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, all right. So yeah, you get, uh, you get that all sorted up. That's fine. Um, again, they were, they were um, defending the uh, Samsonite post pretty well. So it's not like, you know, they're incapable of defending the castle. That said, um, it is also very hard to find, uh, as, as you'll recall. And that's, that's kind of part of the, uh, the, the point. Yeah. Um, cool. So it sounds like you're all loaded up. Um, Butthole, would you have Leanne add any insignias or sigils to the, like, are you getting the crest of Moonhammer on your crown or is it just a, a simple band? Uh, right now, I think it's just a simple band because he's got to figure out with the new butt hammer king of a car thing. There's a lot of questions about what symbol is his and he doesn't know yet, which is off putting. So this will be the crown of the man. Uh, and there may be a crown of the God <laughs> at some point. Gotcha. Oh, even I do a even full costume like, swap each time. He's like, this is going to be a great. headache. I don't know what's happening. He's going to have to become a quick change artist. Just yeah. Like- Tear, tear it or, all away. Like the front will be the man and the back will be the god. And you can just rotate it yeah, depending yeah, on which yeah, yeah. gem is in the front. <laughs> just be yeah. all full like nice. Manny faces. Uh, yeah. He man character. Paint a face on the back of yeah, his exactly. bald head and just like turns around. Oh, there's the king. Paints a butt. You have to talk to the yeah, butt for the right, butt yeah. hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I got to keep you away from tattoo parlors for the rest of the series. Good to know. Um, oh, and Juniper's changes of clothings are like, for different weather are just like her persona's clothing. Okay. So nice. you might see when she's like a little chilly, but it's not coat weather. She's just wearing like Grandpa Warwick sweater. Like it's that, makes that sense. kind of thing. Yeah. That's practical and keeps you warm. Yeah. Um, great. Um, all right. So um, Ryan, you mentioned off air that uh, uh, Reginald might have one other thing he wants to do before, before you all leave. Oh yes. So, so down in his basement tent thing, Reginald's like, all right, here's the thing. Mug, you did great, but you got your ass busted. And then also you got your ass busted immediately afterwards. It, it double double happened. But Duck Huckleberry, you're pretty capable you're in the corner and nobody knows that you're going to do a job for me. So I think you should follow the other heroes and just let me know what happens. And if they get in any trouble, you can bail them out or whatever because you're a good spy, right? Uh, I mean, sure, boss, and better at shooting than spying, but I suppose the two kind of go hand in hand. All right, we'll follow them around, and then if there's a situation where they're in trouble that they need shooting or whatever, then do your shooting. Well, all right, sounds good. And uh, he kind of holsters his pistol, gives you a nod, uh, gives like a quick glower at at Mog, because uh, if Mog hadn't fucked up, he wouldn't have to do this job. Now he has to do this job, and uh, he sets out. And Mog says, "Yeah, sorry, sorry, boss. Uh, I tried badly." No, you got the info. Listen, getting caught happens to everybody all the time, especially me. The important thing is you got the info and you brought it to me. So now we know secrets about Quinny. The important thing now is we need to know secrets about this Bucky character. I don't know what he is and he seems kind of nice, which makes me uncomfortable. All right, I'm on it, boss. I'll figure out all the dark secrets there are to know about this. Bucky. If that is his real name. My God. This goes deep, goes all the way to the top. This seems like a job for 
Mog, Crankshaft. So I'm just doing the singular now because I feel like I don't really have a team. Yeah, we got to get you like 11 more guys. Uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, all right, cool. So first Bucky, then more guys. Uh, and he uh, nods to you and um, skitters out of the room, tripping over a bench on his way out, uh, as he's like to do. Um, so uh, with all that said, uh, you make the exit uh, that we discussed last episode um, and uh, you begin to uh, to head south. Um, how is your uh, marching order on on the road? When you'll go up front scouting. Yep. And then I'm imagining Juniper and Butthole would be kind of moving together because we've got Quinny as the, yeah. the ranging thing. So, right. yeah. And I think at, at this point, we're all kind of lookouts. No one, no one's slacking on the road anymore. You know, it's sure. Totally. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you think you would discuss on this first day? Um, obviously, being a bit further north and still being in the mountains, uh, you are less likely to run into the undead uh, only because mm-hmm. they're slow up here because of all the cold. Um, so you do have a, a relatively easy first day, um, despite the, you know, whipping bitter winds. Um, you're all better equipped now, having um, sort of gotten retrofitted with uh, with stuff both from the castle and from um, the Samsonite outpost. Um, also, I think you're just more used to it, you know, uh, much like anyone getting used to wearing cold weather equipment. It takes a little bit of, of time, but now, you know, you know all the cool tricks, like don't take your gloves off because then your fingies get cold. Um, so, uh, the, the first sort of, uh, part of the day, uh, first day's March is relatively calm. Is there anything you'd be discussing? Do you think? So Quinny, uh, what's your family like? Are they going to like having us there? What do they usually like to trade? Like, I, th- I think we need to know these things so we can make the right kind of friends. You know, scouting ahead doesn't really work if you're up here with me, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you, I realize that you're scouting ahead to avoid talking with us, so that's why Juniper and I are here. I always scout ahead. What, I know, but right now... Not talking to you is just a perk of scouting ahead. <laughs> all right, well then I'll see you at the campfire in an hour. Cut to an hour later. Okay, Quinny, it's campfire time. So, I, like, I, how did I get here? What happened? <laughs> time flies when you're scouting fun. So, like, we, we want to know about your town and, like, who we're going to meet and what they like so that we can make the right impression. It's important. Well, I mean, they like, you know, townsfolk stuff. It's, it's all the, it's all, you know, it's regular stuff. They like, they like farming and working during the day and then, you know, barn dances at night and whatever and eating, cooking, feasting, and then, you know, doing it all kind of again. A little bit, you know, they do, they do trade for, because they make so much food. Uh, how do you do a barn dance? Because I don't know how to do that, and it feels like this is going to be diplomatically important now. Oh, we did say... those in Tomb Slab all the time, but I think yours might be different. I bet they're not. Barn dances are all the same. Everyone literally basically dances all the same. You're just kind of skipping and jumping around in a circle with your friends. It's... Can you can you teach us? Because I know you taught <clears throat> Donald how to dance. So, like, can you teach us how to dance? Well, yes, I would like to know the specific I customs of your town. I have elevated now. the art of dancing. I am beyond barn dancing now. Fabulous. Well, I can provide the music. Uh, and he will cast, what's this, the chantrip? Uh, he will cast uh, thaumaturgy because uh, he can make, like, the sounds of doors opening and closing and other things. So he can cast it up to three times at once. So it's literally musical beatboxing. Just music of, like, brought to you by door- Stomp? A door closing, like a bird singing melodically <laughs> over it. And yeah, it's just stomp. <laughs> Juniper pulls out her pan flute. I'm like, this? <laughs> she hasn't played in a long time. Yeah, so n- 
Now it's magical musical jazz. We got a flute in there. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, and Quinny casts minor illusion to add uh, some more music in as well. Because you forget Quinny actually like really likes dancing and is good at it. So he's totally fine with just completely showing off and does like a full on great like jig just like around the fire and stuff like that. Can you roll me a performance there? Sir? <laughs> yeah. I'll give you advantage because it's dancing, which we've established you've put in Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours of practice into. <laughs> performance that is 15 15 yeah. uh yeah it's a hell of a jig my god um and uh yeah as uh, as the, the music picks up um quinny you just kind of you, you give in to the music and, and flash dance your way around yeah uh juniper i feel like you're you're you know rocking the flute um while also you know doing wheelies in the chair and kind of totally like, Showing off in a lot of the ways that uh, Juniper may not be fully aware of, but Moss just knows from like her experiences barn dancing. So I think it's kind of one of those like, oh shit, I didn't know I could do this. This is amazing. Plus the spider legs give you a lot of new options. Oh yeah, spider um, legs, literally walk like jumping around on her hands. It's the, fabulous. The, the Ushanka hat begins to like influence the dance, and I just start doing like a hopek, or just like just like the kick, the squat dance, and stuff like that. Just, yeah. Um, and, uh, butthole, um, your, your friends are very adept at dancing. Uh, I don't think dancing is really a, a butthole thing. It, it's definitely in line with what butthole likes, but I don't think you've ever really he's, had, he, had much he's of only, an opportunity. He's only ever danced to seduce, uh, <laughs> Merle Streep. Merle Streep. That, that was it. So, so I think he, he starts off just dancing like he was trying to seduce Merle Streep, which is like dancing without a stripper pole as a stripper while your yeah. friends are doing a jig. It does not sync up. Uh, and then he starts watching the Quinny dance and, and picking up some moves there. And he sees what Juniper is doing. And I'm going to roll uh, an insight. Let's see if he can learn anything. Wow. <laughs> I rolled a five, but that does become a 15. So uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> he so becomes a, a, a jigging stripper. It's not all the way out, but uh, he, he's throwing in some of the, the Kopech, like squat lunges and then up into like full body Channing Tatum rolls. And it's <laughs> it's it's got its own vibe now that seems it's, like it's, it's PG-13. The, the top half of his body and the bottom half are like incongruous movements like they shouldn't be able to happen yes yes yeah the armor is just shifting and like groaning because it's bending and twisting at angles it's not meant to yeah yeah and then he's he's doing some spider leg moves but with spiritual hammers that he can summon to like float around so it's it's better because you realize if you'd brought him to a barn dance earlier it would have been like watching a man perform half of a porno and now instead it's just a vaguely pornographic enthusiastic dance so he went from rated X to rated PG13 uh that nice. feels better um and uh that's how you spend the night uh you guys dance um it's uh it's not something that the three of you have ever done together before but at the same time based on how dire things got in in the taking of of the castle, uh, the general situation, the general anxieties. It it is an incredibly freeing and joyous evening um, for you all. Uh, you can each gain one point of inspiration uh, for dancing like Aww. no one was watching. Dancing with my friends, oh oh, <laughs> dancing with my friends. Uh, and so, um, obviously, you take shifts um, at, uh, on watch. Uh, can you all roll me uh, perception, please? For, yeah. for your, your oh, game. oh, I can be roll ones. Yay, Quinny! 
That's a two. <laughs> Fuck you. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful. And it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S, now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. 
Hello friends, Ryan here for another ad, but this ad includes how you don't have to hear me do ads anymore. That's right. If you join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon, you can get an ad-free feed to this show for just $5 a month. And that's not all you get. You also get an ad-free feed for Warhammer 40k, The Valentine Heresy, another one of our podcasts. Plus, you get weekly video tableside chats so you know what's going on with the company, what's going on with us. Plus, you get access at that same tier to our fan and patron-only Discord. It's exclusive. You get access to all of us. Our casts are there. Our creative teams are there. A bunch of other fans are there. This is a great opportunity for you to escape ads, get more of the stuff you want, less of the stuff you don't. Patreon.com slash dice. That's patreon.com slash D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Join up today and get your ad-free feed now. Fuck you, Dice. I got a six. Uh, What is it, Tom? Perception? Perception, please. All right, I got a nine. Uh, (laughs) Goblin Jr. would have taken a shift. Do you want to roll for the wolf, Tom? Sure. Nat 20. He is the best watchdog. Uh, he is a good watchdog. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, uh, I, I got a total of seven. Seven, okay. Um, so um, you uh, awake the next morning um, to uh, a well-tended fire. Uh, Goblin Jr. having rolled a 20 <laughs> has like, kept it stoked. Did he make his breakfast? <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He's, uh, he's dragged some some things up onto, uh, onto the fire. Somehow um, there's boy. like fresh coffee. It's like we didn't even bring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got yeah a little kettle going. Um, the problem is because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. Uh, all of it's bad. Like the kettle's at like a weird shitty angle where it's kind of like bubbling up and over into the fire. Um, <laughs> he's just kind of like dragged like a squirrel carcass into the pan, so it's just like crisping on a pan. But he's just seen you do it before, and he thinks that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's so all delicious. Yeah, I mean, it smells horrific, but it's... it's, Junior, are these croissants? These take more than a day to prepare. These are fresh. How did you do this? Um, And... uh, Crack them open. Instead of hazelnut filling, there's just mud. Like, it's just stuff he's missing. Yeah, as you start to, like, dig in, you realize he's just, like, rolled over bread until it was flat and then just kind of nuzzled it into a a loop around some mud. Um, So it's a disaster. It's like when Bender tries to cook on Futurama, but it's very well-meaning. Um... Uh, but um, Goblin Jr. also has a has sort of a somewhat concerned look uh, to his snarfy features, um, and he um, uh, after he makes sure that you've all seen what a good boy he is for starting breakfast, uh, he um, brings over a um, what looks to be like a, a field ration wrapper. Um, so it's just a like. I imagine we're kind of talking like a lombus bread situation where it's just kind of some <laughs> leaves that have been folded over and tied. Um, yeah. But um, he uh, he kind of like nudges that uh, probably to your foot uh, butthole and then kind of gestures over his shoulder to uh, the woods nearby. My butthole would pick it up. He would look at it. He would smell it. He would like peel back a corner and like give a little lick inside. Just just pure Sherlock-y. uncut cocaine. Uh, oh just gosh. like every detective discovers. All right, roll me. Uh, go ahead and roll me. I'm gonna say either a nature. Yeah, let's go with nature. Or I could. Yeah, let's go nature. Nature. Uh, yeah. Seventeen. Not bad. At a minus one. <laughs> Impressive. Um, yeah, this tastes sort of like uh, peanut butter seeds. Uh, definitely like something that you could easily pack. 
as a as kind of a a, a fast protein. I'm imagining it's not ration. like gray water standard, or he wouldn't recognize it as a cob. This is just something standard, like portable, closer but. closer to um, what you would have seen hunters make. Um, okay, in terms of like it's not machined, it's not like. I, I think honestly, gray water, you likely had the equivalent of protein bars where they would just like pack a bunch of it and then cut it into like little shortbread squares, Ted Lasso mm-hmm. style, and just like make sure that you all had enough stuff. Um, this very much feels like something that someone on the road would just make for themselves as, as I think. Honestly, Juniper, it looks like something you would make. Um, not as right. as well crafted, perhaps, since you're you're so attuned to nature, but very much a trail ration that, mm. that um, someone uh, in the woods would would use. All right, looks uh, like we get some people in the woods. I'm being quiet now, even though we danced for like three hours last night in case they just got here this morning. Goblin Jr.'s looking that way, so I'm guessing they're that way. Goblin Jr. snarfs to you uh, a couple times, which I think you can generally ascertain uh, to mean that he found it last night, um, that he's he's investigated the area. He didn't see anything else, but he, he found it kind of <clears throat> not so close to the camp that it it's, you know... There wasn't like a sniper in the bushes or anything, but like close enough to be perhaps concerned. Okay, so found it nearby, but doesn't know where they are. Don't know who do you, it is. Do you think could could they be people heading in the same direction we're heading it, in? Like it could be. It could be people heading in a different direction. We don't have a lot. I'm thinking we hang on to this as evidence, and if we find one the next place we camp, then we can start getting worried because it place is fresh. Like, place like this, you know, someone's leaving litter. They're leaving tracks as well. All right, let's keep an eye out. Quinny, can you watch for tracks? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and I'll um, use my warlock ability, beast speech. Mm. Uh, it just lets you cast speak with animals as like a free, a freebie. Sure. And I just turn to uh, Goblin Junior and I say, um, you know, did did you smell or see any other evidence of a presence last night? Uh no, no, that was that was the weird thing. I, uh, you know, got a got a pretty good nose, but uh, yeah, I bet didn't. Uh, didn't smell anything, just uh, smelled this in the morning, you know? It was so, literally the only thing you found. That's so strange. Yeah, right? Kind of weird. Uh, okay. Kind of weird I just, thing. I just turned to the group. I was like, this is like, this This is a dog, uh, like a wolf tracking prey is like his jam. This is literally the only evidence of a presence that he found, which is very strange. Snarf, snarf. Hmm. Maybe so, the forest. Supernatural, maybe. Maybe Magic. the forest is just giving us breakfast, Quinny. Yeah, or maybe the it? breakfast, the, this forest is giving us breakfast, butthole. I'm going to go scout ahead. <laughs> All right, Juniper, do you want half of this forest breakfast? Uh, I should I point mean, out the bar sure. is, is empty. There's, there's, oh. um, yeah, there's I like, think that's why Quinny was especially like, yeah, man, that's what this is. Yeah, <laughs> there, like there's like wrapper. traces <laughs> of it, but it's like the, it's like an empty protein bar wrapper. <laughs> or do you want half of it? Half of the, half of the wrapper? Well, it's leaves, so you can eat those. You like leaves. What kind of leaf is it? I, I look at it. What kind of leaf is it, Tom? Um, just See, to be- butthole rips half of it off and eats it. Tom, does it taste good or bad? Uh, tastes pretty bad. Uh, tastes kind of so- like it, it, like a be- leaf. Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be sort of a thick, a thick leaf. Um, probably dried a bit, so it's also just kind of crunchy and off. Like I'm almost thinking the equivalent of trying to eat a bay leaf, where it's, like uh, <laughs> or just stabs your mouth. Yeah, it's crunchy and bitter. Well. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Quinny was like, "God damn it, these two, I can't." And uh, Goblin Junior's like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I like my own butt. That's pretty gross for me too." <sighs> what are we gonna do with these kids, Quinny? 
What are we going to do with these kids? We got to keep them alive. One of them's a king. The other one's the fucking sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like you, Quinny. All right. Well, back to it. And he just like snarfs off into the trees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Quinny, you are scouting ahead. Uh, I assume you're you're looking for tracks. Uh, is that? Uh... That is a, uh, yeah. I mean, it's almost a write-off as a possibility, just given that Goblin Jr. couldn't find any. But sure. yeah, I, I don't think I can shake the the need to like keep an extra eye out for evidence of any other okay can you roll me an investigation please these low rolls uh that's a total of nine nine um yeah uh as goblin jr said like you can you can see there are a number of different disruptions to to the woods um like you can tell that things have come through whether it's animals or people um, unfortunately, uh, if anyone was here, they've covered their tracks well enough that it just like, uh, you, again, you can see multiple disruptions, but you wouldn't be able to say which one is worth pursuing. Um, and all of them kind of fall away at roughly the same time. So sadly, no, no tracks. Um, you are somewhat comforted by the fact that clearly something, there were something or some things, uh, in this area at some point, that's a little bit more comforting than just like. It could still be magical, but it seems like there was a physical presence, which is yeah. better, at least. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, nothing you can track, unfortunately. Whatever it is has to eat, but it looks like it brought its own food, which is weird. So it's not like a like a predator, like an apex predator, um, or at least not a predator native to these forests. Quinny, we can't hear you. You're really far away. You're kind of muttering. Oh my god. He's gonna fucking get us all killed. Uh, Did you know I have disadvantage on <laughs> stealth due to my armor? <laughs> and uh, with that ringing through the air, uh, you collapse the camp and um, continue on. I think uh, now that you are uh, a little bit nervous, um, I think it would be safe to assume that you're traveling a little bit more cautiously. Is that Yeah, fair? yeah. I think, yeah, yeah we're also anyway. closing in on yeah. zombies can be real. Yeah, like, yeah, I think, area, so. yeah, uh, Moss is, like, pull, her revolver is, like, ready to go. She's on the lookout. Right, so I'll say we're kind of coming down out of the mountains now. Um, you were already kind of in snowy, but with grass sticking through. It's part of the reason the tracking was so difficult, because it was just, like, you didn't have, like, clean, fresh snow or... Yeah. You know, two kinds of terrain mud. coming together. Yeah, 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 the worst versions of two types of terrain combined, form of ick. Um, or as I like to call it, just a Toronto sidewalk uh, in the winter. <laughs> um, uh, you are now, uh, you can feel already kind of the uh, the, the fresher breeze um, and uh, the smell of, of green living things, uh, which is, of course, a bit of a comfort after uh, being up in the mountains. Um, that said, um, on the air, as you, you sort of make your way down uh, the, uh, the last of the foothills, uh, you can hear the occasional moan uh of uh, of the undead uh, in the distance okay um <laughs> people are fucking in these woods look out <laughs> i mean they are woods obviously people are fucking in them that's and if they don't make a sound are they really there um <laughs> just, just describes, oh yeah <laughs> look out it's the undead and they're horny <laughs> Yeah. Oh, brains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was yeah. the other, he's like, this truly is hell. 
when hell is dead is yeah. full, yeah. the dead will fuck the earth. Um, yes, no, you hear uh, just just standard standard non non horny zombie moans um, as uh, as you begin to make. Now that said, they are in the distance. Um, I think you kind of uh, come to sort of a, a set of rocks um, near the foothills where you you all kind of hunker down to actually try and get a. Just a, kind of a look um, in the distance. Do any of you have, I forget, and you always have weird shit I don't know, but hmm. does any of you have anything vaguely telescopic or sight-enhancing that you might use to kind of scan the horizon? Uh, best I can do is Eye of True Sight. I don't think it has telescopic abilities, though. True Sight specifically yeah. is more regarding, like, magically hidden stuff, yeah. magical darkness. And I don't I've think, just... I, I lost my monocle of the owl, didn't I? That was for night vision, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's for dark. But, I was just thinking. But, but no, because it was that, on your body that gone. died. Yeah, so, that's. Yeah. Uh, I have my eye patch of the owl, so I can see normally at night through one eye. I would trade that around for people on watch, but it would not help with distance seeing because it's fair not enough. telescopic. Yeah, fair enough. So um, you continue on um, sort of cautiously. Occasionally in the distance, you can see individual um, sort of. Uh, Walkers roaming, um, uh, stumbling around uh, as uh, as advertised. They're not. There's no kind of, kind of rhyme or reason to where they're going. It just does seem to be kind of that like classic early Night of the Living Dead, where the zombies are just kind of wandering the graveyard in no particular, with no, you know, mission or goal, just existing. Um, and uh, it would be safe to assume that this is kind of the standard pattern that these things are capable of when they aren't being controlled or when there isn't a, a clear target, um, which is both good and bad uh, to some extent. Um, but uh, sure enough, um, you're able to continue forward, uh, you know, carefully. Um, Quinny, I'm going to get a stealth check from you. Um, Ryan and Laura, I assume you'd be hanging back enough Yeah, that this would be more of a, yeah, if Quinny gets so. in trouble, he'll book it back to you, not, you know, will yeah, be over your shoulder. Yeah. No, it's Quinny stealthily clearing the path and we're there as backup, I think, yep. if it's if it's that, yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. 20, 27. 27. Um, wow, Quinny rolling a good stealth check. Such a strange concept. Um, yeah, so you're you're like the wind, as usual. Um, you're able to scout on ahead uh, fairly safely. Um, and uh, you're still a, a fair ways away from Cornucopia, um, but you're, you're in the right region. Um, and uh, you recognize uh that uh you're actually um you're not entirely familiar with this area but you do know kind of as i think all the folks from the town would the, the local sort of larger town centers um an easy way to think of this of course is that there are farms dotting this whole area but generally speaking there are a bunch of kind of center city centers where you can come for barn dances or for feasts but also more importantly for farmers markets and trade um so you're coming up on on um, uh, the outskirts, uh, like far outskirts of a region you actually know, um, and a town you're familiar with um, that was uh, kind of, in a lot of ways, the most developed um, town in, in your region. It was uh, located closer to the equivalent of a highway, um, so sort of the end, almost a, like a food depot or a port in a lot of ways, so kind of a place where the rest of the the farm region could send produce and send completed product um, to be sold um, outside of the community. Uh, it is a, a town called Treebury um, that uh, I think like a good mental parallel would be 
kind of like an old West town um, in terms of a little more developed on the road, kind of a waypoint. Um, not somewhere that I don't think you would have necessarily traveled before, but somewhere that you're certainly aware of as kind of a uh, a northern, almost border town. Um, so um, the good news is this is very much you're your heading in the right direction uh, if you're sort of within a uh, set of Treebury. Um, but also, uh, more importantly, um, it would be a good place for you guys to actually get some cover, uh, possibly resupply. Um, and the danger, I think, um, from what you've seen of these kind of roaming herds of walkers is, although they are kind of aimless in a distance, if you get caught out there, you're basically just fighting zombies. There's nowhere, like, there's literally nowhere to run or hide. So you're really kind of banking on being able to strong arm these things. Whereas at least in, in a town, they may be able to offer you, uh, some assistance or some, um, uh, yeah, assistance or guidance or, or anything else. Um, so um, with that knowledge, um, you kind of return to the group and um, the uh, the three of you decide to, to make for the town. Um, is there any preparation you want to do before you you start kind of, again, it's it's like you found basically the signpost and Quinny, you're like, right. So down this pathway through a little like sort of copse of trees beyond that is, is Treebury. Quinny, I... You know this area, so aren't the are there any like celebrities this place really likes or hates? Or is there like a sports team they're big fans of? I'm trying to think of anything that would help us make an easy in in a conversation. You know, we're you know in a no. car, you want to talk about the God of War, and you want to talk about you know the blood sports. They're the spike spike ball team in that area, and like if you like them, then you're going to get along with people at the bar. But if you say the wrong team name, I mean, if you're going to come in there with the Neverwinter Nighthawks, then people are going to kick your ass out. And you know, is there anything like that we need to know? I I know of this place. I've never been here before, uh, but I will say these are you know like country folk. They're not city folk who are really you know interested in blood sport. I mean, maybe some of them are. Uh, what's the nearest like major, uh, city center, Tom? Um, it's not really anywhere that we've got on a map, so I wouldn't have a name for you. I think it'd be safe to, to assume that, you know, it, it's not like never winters down the road. Like you're, sure, you're no. far enough removed that but like uh, even like leagues away. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to look at a map. Okay. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> I will say Tyler though, if it helps, um, Paylor is the the kind of like mm. uh, most revered uh, god in this area, being the god of agriculture. Right. Uh, so that's kind of a pretty universal in um, to yep. some extent. Um, certainly, uh, all the the sort of churches here are likely a mix of sort of more pagan um, sort of harvest ritual uh, type things, and uh, and in, in service of, of Paylor. Um, if you're asking in terms of like a sports team, again, I, I can yeah. go to a map, but um, yeah. Uh, so, so Quinny will say like, look, these places are pretty out of the way. So no one's really like a dedicated fan going to spike ball tourneys or anything like that. Maybe, you know, somebody took a big journey selling some wares in one of the big cities, but literally in any direction coming back and saying, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of the never winter nights now. <laughs> um, uh, Okay, but, so we don't we don't want a big city fancy him. So Juniper, not, don't do math. Don't talk about advanced politics. Quinny, well, I mean, keep math the, should be fine. Uh, I, uh, do I? Not, do I do that? 
I don't no, know. I'm I don't listen. No, you don't. You're fine. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to be country bumpkins, and I'm not used to that. I was used to living in a closet where people beat me inside a castle. I, I'm trying to guess. All right. I mean, stories I, like that, I, you should kind of maybe keep a lid on. Those are okay, not so. endearing anecdotes. I mean, so I, I was a sheriff a of a small town. Like, I'm, I think I'm okay. Okay, I think she's going to fucking rock it. Uh, then what do I do? I'm worried about me fucking this up. Okay, I'll be look, honest. I'll give you the, the religious angle, okay? Okay. People around here, pretty big fan of Paylor, god of agriculture, right? You know, for obvious reasons. So okay. if you want to work that angle, go for it. Okay, so I'll tell them that if they like Paylor, that's cool. But if they don't like Paylor, I'm a god. I would yeah, steer I clear of the I'm a god talk. I, yeah, at least at first. Okay, yeah, that maybe that's more relatable. They'll be like, ah, he's not a god like me. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. I feel better now. I feel like I've got an angle. Okay. Your angle is you're not a god. I'm normal. Not a god at all. Well, you're not normal, but all right. Uh, and when he <laughs> gets ready to go. <laughs> Great. Um, Ryan, did you want to roll a religion check to see what you know about Paylor? Yeah, I would like to do that. So those ironic things where I feel like Butthole actually doesn't necessarily know that much about religion. <laughs> uh, he's got, uh, I rolled a 14, which actually feels right on the money for what I think he would know about a god, not a religion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So, Paylor, um, just one sec. Uh, god of uh, the sun and agriculture, obviously from a, a world without a, uh, a sun scythe, as we've established. Um, the... Uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like there are a lot of Moonhammer parallels that you would lean on. Um, the ideas of light and warmth and sunshine and growth um, are, are kind of what you'd associate with Paylor. A lot of the temples have sort of an agricultural bent to them, um, you know, grain uh, sort of available, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, you don't know too much, but you also kind of know enough that happily, like, Paylor could easily be a cousin of Moonhammer and Sunsythe, which is uh, leagues better than like, I don't know, it's Ogma, and you know nothing about Ogma other than what Alan has told you about growing up, which was very little. Yeah, no, no, cool. Yeah, this feels right. All right, so I think, yeah, Butthole's good to go. Great. Um, so uh, with that, uh, the, uh, the three of you um, kind of make your way um, down the path uh, uh, towards uh, the town. Um, and as you kind of breach the trees, um, you know, you're, you're kind of expecting to hear um, calls of, of warning, um, given the, the nature of things, uh, odds of this being kind of an armed town or high, because it is sort of like there was signage back up on the road, but it is through the trees. So you're not entirely surprised to not kind of immediately get jumped. Um, but uh, as you kind of make your way through the trees into um, the large uh, clearing, um, sort of off the highway where where uh, the town is, um, you find a, an eerie silence uh, greets you, and just the the creaking of wood. Um, and uh, as you kind of step out, uh, you can see that the front gate uh, has been barricaded um, crudely, uh, and. Um, Painted very uh, haphazardly is uh, Do Not Enter, Dead Within. This this okay. hits Quinny pretty hard. Because, um, like, 
<laughs> who wants to visit, you know, their hometown, the place where they grew up during the zombie apocalypse, just to kind of see how that's been impacted uh, and to see how this place has fared is really troubling. You know, he doesn't want to have to look at like his mother's desiccated zombified face or something like that. Uh, he, um, he goes real quiet and kind of, kind of just doesn't contribute much at this point, just really kind of in his own head. Uh, he's, he's spiraling a little bit. I think this is super bad news. <laughs> All right, this is clearly not great. Nope. But tactically, we need some safe houses to be able to come back to on the way back to the Fortress of Forlorn Hope. If this isn't safe, then nowhere's safe. But if the dead are inside, how big was this town, Quinny? Like, how many people do you think are here? Based on, can we ballpark, Tom, of what, what we would think of, like, the size of the town would be in terms of um, If the, mo- the maximum number of dead we could be facing, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, this would probably be a town of a few hundred. Um, again, like... Oh, that's fine. There aren't centralized... Um, a lot of these these places, uh, including uh, Cornucopia, have a w- much larger population. But keep in mind... These towns are functional. They're not necessarily places where people live. They're, in this case, somewhere uh, people come to trade. So, again, if we're thinking of a frontier town, there's, like, a saloon, a general store, shops, and, like, a clear, like, beyond the gate are several kind of abandoned. Because you can see in through the gate. The gate isn't, like, massive or anything. It's almost more like what you'd see at, like, a logging camp, you know, where it's just, like, uh, something you can swing shut to stop random creatures from wandering in in the night. Um you can see farmers' uh, market stalls um, set up kind of facing outward. Um, in modern parlance, this would really feel like a side-of-the-road corn stand where, like, hey, we're on the road. We could stop for some food and some drink, maybe some refreshment and, and rest. Um, oh, you know what? Treeberry's on the way. We'll just stop by there briefly and then go. Um, it also, in a lot of ways, stood as uh, a bit of a – almost like a, a blocker for the rest of – uh, the sort of farmlands so that they didn't have to constantly have like tourist wagons rolling through and, and other things. Like it's, it's kind of the, don't worry about the farms. Like, yeah, all the stuff you want from the farms is here. Um, so yeah, so probably a few hundred, but the odds of all of those people being in town at any given point, other than on a market day are low. Um, and from the looks of things, like there, there are certainly some um, bodies uh, visible from here uh, that, that are dead, dead. Um, but it's not, like, the place looks rough, but it doesn't look like a slaughter happened here. It just kind of seems like eventually whoever was was trying to maintain it gave up and fell back, um, which, Quinny, would make sense to you, given that there's farmland beyond here, which is wider and perhaps easier to, like, disappear into a farmhouse somewhere than try and hold a, right. a location on the, the edge of a highway. So all the concerns you're feeling for for your home and, and your family still incredibly valid. Um but this would also likely be the first place hit if random zombies were wandering down a road. So it makes sense to you that this sort of almost gateway to the rest of um, the, uh, we're going to call them the uh, uh, the fertile fields, just so we have a, a name for them. But um, it makes sense that the gateway to the fertile fields would be kind of hit, hit first. Okay. So, Tom, this is always a weird thing, which is like I have a power that includes a mechanic that I, I don't want to discuss in a meta way to try to game the system, but it's also challenging to describe it to other players when I don't know. So I've, I've had some upgrades to my Destroy Undead. 
Oh, hey. So anything challenge rating three or lower, the power of butt hammer for 30 feet in all directions can basically destroy if they fail a test kind of thing. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, I'm imagining zombies might live in that because I feel like he'd know if his power could destroy a zombie or not. Or are these like super zombies, essentially, is the Um, question. You will... You will discover a mix uh, as you go, um, largely because it, well, it's, it's the orc army scale. The bigger orcs that are like the lieutenants are nastier than well, the foot soldiers. Uh, kind of, yeah. The way to think of this is uh, a bunch of bodies punch their way out of graves, but then a mm-hmm. bunch of bad undead uh, hombres got loosed from hell. So you've got like a mix of this is like a shambling corpse from a farmer who lived down the road, who punched his way out of a grave and is shambling around. And you've got like, this guy was a top, you know, this was Achilles at Troy. Um, but I also think, Butthole, you'll be able to ascertain what that feels like pretty quickly. I also think okay, cool. if, if the army's being controlled, that's a much different story than if they are just sham yeah, randos around. on the street that so i think safe to say then with that in mind um if you're looking at this town you can see zombies shuffle kind of between buildings uh from time to time these do just look like the, the local dead um you can see a few that are fresher uh again we're kind of going by uh zombie land rules uh, in as much as recently dead probably faster can run do all that long dead shuffling because your your body's broken down a bit is there a bell tower in this town, Tom? Yep, yep there there would be. There would right. probably be um, like a, a a small, like, again, this is a very, like, functional town, so it's not like a, an impressive tower, but yeah, like, think a, a small building with a tower um, with a bell, largely because they have to announce when it's open and when it's closed. So, that um, makes sense. Yep, bell tower um, with a sort of small base that operates probably uh, almost just like an information center. I don't think it's like a town hall situation because, again, people don't really live here. They just come here to sell. Um, but a uh, little little place to almost like the the farmer's like association bureau. Like, come here, let us know your wares, blah, blah, blah. This is, again, a very functional market town, not a like a, a livable space. So if we want to clear this place out, the power of Butthammer can destroy zombies. Like, I, if I can get in the midst of them, I can blow them up. And there's a tower with a bell. So if we can get over the wall, and Quinny, you can sneak up to that bell tower or whatever, ring the bell for a bit, let all the zombies come and climb around that tower, then I can just charge in with Juniper and blast them with the power of the Butthammer, and that should take care of most of them. Then we just deal with the stragglers and the town will be cleared out. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. So, does that feel yeah. good for everybody? You two are like zombie repellent, right? Like, you're bad news for the undead, both of you, right? Yeah. Not, not, not for the undead, really. More for fey and fiends, but... Okay, so if there's a fey or fiend, Juniper's there. Otherwise, Juniper's watching my back, and I'll use the butt hammer powers to just blast these undead bastards to to hell. Oh, yeah, they can go to hell. It's us who can't. Yeah, so to hell or heaven, not their fault. Uh, but, yeah, we'll blast them. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll see about getting in there. Oh, before we do this, Quinny, when you get up on the wall, can you look around to make sure that when we ring a bell, we don't, like, summon an army that's nearby? Because then we can come up with something sneakier. Right, yeah. Sorry, I... I should have thought of that. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'll I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. Are you okay? You seem kind of distracted. Uh, I'm great. Let's uh, let's do this. This is a good plan. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, you got this, buddy. You got this. Uh, and he'll just slap a hand on Quinny and give him some guidance in a way Quinny won't know, uh, <laughs> yeah. just sending him up that wall. All right, Quinny, can you go ahead with uh, an acrobatics, please? And you get to add uh, one D4. One D4. Where's my D4? There we go. Hey, a two. Uh, so 15 plus two plus 15, 32 for acrobatics up and over you go. Um, <laughs> so you, you scurry up the wall, um, and kind of leap down, uh, on the other side. Uh, I assume you're going to check for armies in the bell tower. Yeah. The highest point would make yep. the most sense. Yeah. Um, so you're, uh, you land on the other side amidst the, uh, the market stalls. Um, you can still see some, some, uh, produce, uh, rotting, um, in them, there's kind of that fetid smell of uh, sort of that gross, like sludgy liquid vegetation. Um, and um, you basically, you've got sort of uh, three main ways you can try and approach the bell tower. Um, there's just straight through the center of, of the market. Again, there are zombies kind of stumbling around, but um, they're not packed in tightly enough that, you know, it'll be too much of an issue. It's more of the dodge between them, mm-hmm. avoid the grasping hands. Um, you can try and move through the buildings. Um, there are, uh, as I said, like, uh, a saloon and, um, on the side you're on, I think probably just the saloon on the other side, there's like, um, you know, a general store provisions thing. So you can basically do the gears of war, like right, yeah. press a and jam the stick in one direction, like flip to another cover. Yeah. Um, so you can go through either of those routes. Alternatively, you can try and go around behind the buildings uh, if you're looking to kind of circumnavigate altogether. The danger there being there is kind of more greenery and trees in those directions, which could lead to uh, unexpected surprises. Can I ask what the path uh, over the buildings looks like? Uh, uh, sure. Style? Um, you can get uh, most of the way there. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the bell tower is far enough away from the um, the saloon that you can't like jump between them. But um, given your uh, aptitude for springing and striding, you might be able to attempt it. Just they aren't like wedged together Assassin's Creed style where you just parkour over the rooftops. Um, but you, I mean, there's no zombie on the roof. Uh, there's no zombie fiddler to be seen. So you you've got. Uh, Got a bit of clearance that way if that's the way you want to go. I'll go as far as I can by rooftop. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, you kind of spring up uh, just the roof. Um, you still have your boots of spring. Uh, oh, yeah. Spring starting, right? Yeah, yeah. great. Um, so you, you make your way across. Um, you can see there is a, an open space uh, in front of the, uh, the bell tower. Um, there are a couple of overturned carts. You can tell that um, there's sort of like a crude barricade has been made around the, uh, the front door. Um, I think like a a classic kind of knock over the barrel or knock over the wagons reinforced with some barrels, just something you could fight from behind if you had to, or or hide behind. Um, the, uh, the door is closed, um, to the, uh, to the tower itself. Um, and, uh, sure enough, there, there are a number, we'll say, uh, six, uh, uh, zombies kind of within sight shuffling. Now that you're up here, you can see there definitely are more in the woods, um, kind of bouncing up against the, the walls of the town, um, and, uh, there seem to be some of the buildings, um, not as many corpses as you would fear. It doesn't again, seem like the town was overrun just that, or it does seem like the town was overrun, but not that the town was massacred. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um, can I see the top of the bell tower from here? Uh, yep. Uh, how far away is the top of the bell tower? Would you say? 
Um, let me see here. Uh, Bell Tower itself is probably about 30 feet away from you. Um, and then if we're talking verticality, it's probably a, it's, it's not huge. Like, no. you know, it's, it's built by halflings in the middle of the woods. So okay. probably like a three story building. So, okay. Then it's, that's well within the range of this spell that I will try to use. Sure. Um, I'm going to use dimension door. Mm, cool. <sighs> yes. Uh, which uh, enables me to teleport in any direction that I can see or even like describe if I've mm-hmm. been there before, but I can't see it kind of thing um, uh, within 500 feet. So this sounds Great. like it's well within yeah, yeah, range. Yeah. Go uh, get that viewpoint. Yeah. So I'm just going <laughs> to blink out of existence uh, on top of the saloon and then reappear uh, at the top of the bell tower. Great. Um, Does it so, make a bamf sound a la Nightcrawler, or what sound does your dimension <laughs> door make? That's a good question. I think, <laughs> I think because it's it is hell magic, so bamf would be appropriate. Yeah, let's make it bamf. Yeah. Bamf. 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 Yeah, just a little. That kind of? Oh, it's a. Yeah. Yep. It's not like but, a bamf. No, it's not. I kind of like. Not someone yelling the word. Not that Pop Tart commercial was like, bam! Oh, (laughs) shit. Tyler, you just dragged a skeleton out of my closet. (laughs) Oh, man, I forgot about that. Um, All right, so you you Pop Tart door your way uh, (laughs) to the the viewpoint. You hit triangle to synchronize. You can now see a little bit further. Um, From the top, um, there's certainly no army within, you know, spitting distance that you should be worried about. Um, you can obviously see more undead beyond, um, sort of leaning into the uh, the fertile fields. You're far too far away here to be able to kind of like get an eye on cornucopia. I think we're we're really thinking like I I've always imagined this in very like shirey terms. So it's a lot of like gentle rolling hills, and as yeah. a result, it's very very difficult to uh, to get a bead on on the town. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, uh, you can definitely see zombies. As far as the eye can see, um, and uh, there's certainly more beyond uh, beyond the town, but um, the back gate is also closed, and they do seem to have kind of penned up the, almost create a plug uh, at the the mouth of the fertile fields, uh, as best they could, uh, okay. on their way out. Okay. Uh, it just occurs to me to take a look inside the bell tower before I ring this thing. If I can, I'm assuming there's like stairs leading down or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're up on, on the roof, you can just kind of like swing down and in, yeah, um, yeah. or at least like peek down I'll need to in. get in to like ring the bell anyway. Yeah. And the, the bell, the bell is exposed. Like it, it really is like an old, an old, um, like basic church. So, mm. um, the bell tower itself is open to the elements. Um, there is sort of a small room, um, as you, you lean down and in, uh, you can see kind of a, a massive um, old bell, um, certainly well-worn, um, well-built, which doesn't surprise you, uh, given that uh, I think, like, so much of uh, the halfling culture in the fertile fields uh, circulates ar- around, like, good food and good experience rather than material things, with the main exception being anything related to the trade. Mm. So having a sturdy bell, very important. Having good farming tools, very important. Carts and things, eh, as long as they're, they're functional, like, they can get kind of cruddy and that's okay, but, you know... If I need a scythe, it's going to be a fucking good scythe. If I need a, a plow, it's going to be a good plow and so on and so oh, forth. Right. Um, beneath it, uh, you can see there is sort of like a, a small room where the bell can be rung. Um, and uh, it's strange uh, because you see yourself staring back at you uh, from this room. 
um, somewhat uh, fantastically drawn, uh, but uh, there are a number of, of pictures of you tacked up to the walls uh, in this small booth. Um, you can also see more of these uh, rations, um, as well as a quiver of arrows and um, what seem to be um, kind of some maps and assorted documents. What the hell did Bucky live here? Uh, do these uh, do these pictures look like me as I was, or me more like now, where I'm you know wearing like my like darker gear, my eye patch, um, stars. Um, so it's hard to tell from here because you're like on top of the roof, right. peering down inside. If you want to actually go in and investigate, you certainly can. Um, yeah. You don't see anyone. Like it's not like you know there's someone saying they're sharpening a knife, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, I'll activate Ring of Invisibility out of an abundance of caution as well and uh, and head down there. Great. Um, so you slip into the chamber. I should, of course, say that there is a, a ladder um, to get down into the, the building proper. Like, it's not like this is some magical room that's cut off from, from mm-hmm. uh, ground floor. Um, and uh, on closer investigation, um, you can see that uh, it's it, it's like a an oddly heroic sketch of you uh as you as you were but like slightly square jaw um almost the uh not quite the che Guevara looking up to the sky piece but um almost like someone tried to draw you as steve rogers like just a little bit more uh heroic um and on a majority of these uh flyers um someone has uh they, they seem to be mass printed um and for some reason they have uh the header Quinny days um, and a date um, that is several months uh, past. Um, amongst the documents, you can see um, there are some that seem to have been amended, almost graffitied over to imply things like eye patch, but um, they're on both eyes. There's some question marks. Um, you can see kind of like um, a number of pins in a map. Um, but, uh, generally speaking, all of the images here are most clearly of you pre hell. I think it's just like, what do you say to that? When you, <laughs> I think when he's just there looking, taking it, it's like, <laughs> huh? Uh, all right. I am not equipped to break this down. I, I got a job to do and he'll, he'll go ring, ring the bell. It's like that. That's a weird room. I don't want to be in that room right now. I'm mm. going to go ring the bell. And uh, with the ringing of the bell, uh, the undead begin to slowly shuffle towards the bell tower uh, and gradually begin to surround you. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.